Hey, Alex here. I uh, just wanted to give you a heads up at the start of this episode. We come in kind of in the middle of a conversation. Uh, the original recording was lost for that first section. Apologies for that. But hey, come on, come on and enjoy us. Here we go. There we go. I fixed it. Um, went down for a second. Uh, anyway, it's got a lot in common with uh, other Ubisoft games in that there's a lot of icons on the map and a lot of stuff to do. Um, I'm about four or five hours into playing the actual game and I still don't know what a lot of it does but it seems a little less overwhelming than something like Assassin's Creed um, and it seems like there's a lot of cool content there you can totally play through the whole game without buying extra ships if you want to um, buying the extra pilots and ships and stuff is kind of more for peripheral stuff that's just kind of fun to engage with it's not really needed to see th the story through um, but yeah, I don't know. It's kind of like if No Man's Sky had been kind of handmade and a little more, uh, a little less procedural, a little more bespoke, I guess. Um, but otherwise, and, and it has, you know, pretty solid combat. The, the elemental stuff is really fun. Combining different elements is cool. Um, lots of, lots of nice touches. Uh, and then there's the thing I like the most about it is the the way you build the ship on your mount actually matters so it's not just clip a ship on clip guns on it it's like you can combine different wings from different ships you can put them on in different configurations so like you could take the r wing even and flip the wings around so that they're pointed forward and then that's how the ship will look in the game it, it actually has it can read the direction that things are facing there's no reason to do it but if you put a gun on backwards it will shoot backwards when you pull that trigger uh which again has no i can't imagine why you would want to do that uh but it's kind of cool that it works like that so there's a lot of neat little things like that i think there's a lot to the game that i haven't seen yet and i'm kind of looking forward to sort of playing it slowly and collecting some toys here and there as i go um, but the ship designs are really cool too. And the characters are very Saturday morning cartoon in a fun way. So I think it's, as long as you are okay with that kind of aesthetic, you'll, you'll be into it. Um, but the game that I am. Wait, 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 wait. What? Uh, so, okay. Is there a limit to how many things you can attach to a ship? Yes. Uh, okay. So it's like, you can attach like a wing on each side and then like a gun on each side. So I haven't actually tried attaching wings to the gun, uh, attachment points. So all of the attachment points are the same plug. So okay. like in theory, you could stick a wing on the mount, but I don't think it would do anything. I haven't tried it. I think you need to start with a fuselage. Um, mm -hmm. And then uh, from there, you need to uh, connect a um, wing to either. Well, no, that's not true. You can connect weapons directly to the fuselage. And then you have this goofy looking like center of a ship with guns on either side of it. That's yeah. kind of funny, but yeah. some of the stats of the ship are tied to the wings, so you want to mm -hmm. put the wings on. From there, I don't know if you can add more wings. Uh, mm -hmm. I haven't tried that, but... I thought I saw something about there being, like, an asymmetric configuration, like two wings on one side and then one wing on the other, and that, like, a or, like, a X-wing type wing on one side and then, like, just, like, a flat single wing. You could do that, because you can mix and match the wings from different ships, for sure. And then it, like, affected the ship? Yes, like, it does, does do it? that. Yeah, it affects your weight and your handling based on how you set the wings up. Um, uh, 
So I don't think it's like a sim model or anything, but it, mm -hmm. it does it does cause the ship to handle a little bit differently. If I have any criticisms of the game, it's that the way that it handles death is kind of brutal. When you die, you can either put another ship fuselage on the mount or go back to a checkpoint and the checkpoints are the checkpoints are kind of rough. They're usually before you they're usually like in orbit wherever you got into shit. Mm -hmm. So like if you're in a big boss battle on the surface of a planet, you have to then fly from the orbit back down to where the boss is and fight him again. Oh, oh okay. I thought you were gonna say like you have to fly back down to the planet and do the whole level again and this yeah, I mean, there's not really that kind of a thing. It doesn't really have okay. levels like that. It's all very much in the open world pretty much all the time. Um, mm -hmm. But I think the most surprising thing about the game is that there's actually a lot of stuff to do, and the open world is, like, well-designed and fun to get around and diverse, and the combat actually is a lot of fun. The controls are really good, and it feels good to play, uh, which is the thing that I think is maybe the most surprising thing about the game. The toy part always looked pretty cool, but the fact that it's actually backed up by a good game is pretty neat. Do they have like daily, weekly challenges, like no. games and service stuff? They do not. Well, at least not on Switch. I mean, I don't know if that's a limitation of the Switch platform, but they don't have that on Switch. Uh, it that's if anything, that's the one thing that I uh, that I don't like structurally about it. Um, I don't know if it's necessarily actually bad, but so like. It's actually fairly tough on normal difficulty. I wouldn't call it an easy game. But the way that your ships level up is you the ships themselves do not level up. There are slots on your ships and weapons that you uh, put like different mods in that are actually very cool. They're like loot. Um, so they're they're pretty neat because they'll do things that actually change like as simple as change the fire rate all the way up to like, this causes a frost explosion when you crit after you've hit with a vortex weapon. Um, but then each pilot model has a skill tree that they level up through. But you have, they can only level up, they level up kind of with ships. So like Fox can only get six skill points out of the R-wing fuselage. And he can only get three skill points out of each weapon. So if all you buy is the base game, you're not going to be able to get more than 12 skill points with the base model. So it kind of encourages you, if you really want to fill out their skill trees, to pick up more ships to, like, diversify. I don't think you really need to do that to get through the game. I think that's more of a, like, if you want to engage with the higher-end stuff. So because of that, as someone who's fine with the idea of buying a few more ships, like, they're not, it's not that expensive compared to a lot of Toys to Life games. Um, I kind of, like, there's no New Game Plus mode, and it kind of bums me out because I almost would like to play through it on normal and then have the option of New Game Plusing it on a higher difficulty. Instead, I could start back at zero and play on the hardest difficulty but I, I would really like to see them ha add some way for you to be able to play through the game once and then play through it again with your pilots already leveled up. And I'm pretty positive that the the progress of your characters is tied to the save game, not to the model like in Skylanders. In Skylanders, your 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 character's uh, level is tied to the model, but I think in this game it's tied to your save game. I'm pretty sure if you started a new game, Fox, my Fox wouldn't have the levels he has. So you couldn't. Like, is it does it have like split screen multiplayer or same it does multiplayer? it does have a co-op i haven't tried it but it does have but only digitally the way that it works with licensing is like 
if I boot the game up with a pro controller or without the Joy-Cons in the controller mount, um, it'll launch me into digital mode where I have all of my content I've purchased physically, but I control what I have equipped by a menu system. Mm-hmm. And if you buy stuff digitally, you have it digitally forever. But if you buy, like I bought one extra physical ship, the stuff in the starter pack you have digitally forever as well. But I bought an extra physical ship, so that comes with one pilot, one ship, and one weapon. So I have to mount that physically to the mount every week to like renew the content license. But if I'm playing it with just two Joy-Cons out of a mount or a Pro Controller, then I'm playing it digitally. So I'm not sure how the co-op works because it's played with two Joy-Cons. Like each person takes a Joy-Con, which doesn't really make a lot of sense to me anyway because like, it must be that it's the way that they, they message it must just be weird and it must be that you need two more Joy-Cons because it's a dual-stick game. Like You couldn't play it with just a sideways Joy-Con, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not really sure how the co-op works, but it, it is there, supposedly. Hmm. Maybe it's Splatoon motion controls. Ugh, I hope not. That wouldn't work very well for this game, I don't think. I'm using tilt control. Yeah, is there tilt controls? No. Or like on the if you're using like you can't be like. Wah, 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 no. The my wah, biggest wah. disappointment about it, uh, for, which it's like this is not very, it's not that big of a deal. But my biggest disappointment is that I wish that the controller mount worked with pro controllers. I don't like that I have to play with Joy Cons. Um, I wish that they had made like a clip on for the for the pro controller but whatever that's like that is what it is yeah all right so your other game yeah so other game um uh uh, i've been playing i've played probably four hours now of lucas pope's new game return of the Oberdin. so uh, Lucas Pope is a developer of Papers, Please, uh, along with other games like Republic of Times and several other uh, pretty excellent uh, game jam titles. Um, has everybody played Papers, Please here? Yes. yes. I love I love Papers, Please. I played some of Papers, Please. Okay. I didn't finish Papers, Please either, but I did like what I played a lot. Yeah, um, I, I did not finish. But oh, yeah. I, I finished, yeah. So I think Papers, Please is a great game. Um, and I think it was an incredibly important game. I think it was a game that kind of set a tone for a certain kind of indie game development in a way that, like, hadn't really been done before. Not that games hadn't been political before, but, like, it sort of felt feels like it launched a wave of socially conscious and aware indie games, in a sense. Um, so <laughs> when I sort of characterize over din like i'm about to i don't want to seem like i'm taking anything away from papers please because i'm not necessarily saying that i think this game is better or worse than papers please the thing about papers please that i never got over was the strength of its concept it's like such a unique game and such a such a like once in a lifetime kind of game that that always sort of overwhelmed for me what the game was trying to say and actually be mechanically. Um, so I kind of like, it was always that like, oh, this is wild because it's a it's a document thriller. That's wild. And and it was always sort of, that that was the thing that kept me coming back to it. So I say that because Return of the Oberdin is also incredibly unique and I've never played anything like it before. But... 
I spent about an hour kind of marveling at the concept of what it was. But now at this point, despite it being such an incredible, unique concept, I am so invested in the story and what's happening in it that it feels like it's transcended its concept in a way that Papers, Please never really did for me. Um, and for that, I think it's just like I, I can't really speak highly enough about it in the context of like what it is. Um, it's, it's just a fascinating, fascinating game that I really think anyone who likes mysteries or puzzles or adventure should really, really check out. Um, have you guys, do you guys have like a idea of what the game is about or like what it is mechanically? Vaguely. I, I've been, I've been vaguely interested in it because I do love papers, please, but I haven't really gotten into it much more than the really unique aesthetic and that it's on a ship and you're solving mysteries. Yeah. Uh, Oh, I don't think we can hear you, Andre. Oh, it, it looks like a hidden picture book. I'm just getting it from this uh, video on the page yeah. that we're watching. But... So it's it's definitely a logic puzzle at its core. That's kind of what you could boil it down to if you wanted to. Um, but within that, like, the idea, the basic premise is, and I'll be very careful to not spoil anything for anyone because there is a lot you could spoil about this game. Um, but the, the basic premise is that you're an insurance claims adjuster um, and that this ship, the Oberdin, that, that launched in the, in the, at the beginning of the 18th or 19th century um, has mysteriously reappeared with nothing but, like, it's empty. There's nothing on it. So you kind of row out to try to figure out what happened there. Um, and then you're kind of armed with this, like, otherworldly pocket watch and a journal. And... Mm -hmm. You find a bod you find bodies on the ship, and then the pocket watch lets you hear the last few moments of the corpse's life, and then gives you a freeze frame of their death, um, which is part of why I think that the art style was chosen because some of these are pretty brutal. It's like someone getting their head shot off or um, getting like squished by a cannon or something. Um, they're pretty rough. Uh, there's a there's a early scene that is a person committing suicide. That's not a spoiler or anything. There's 60 people on the ship. Um, and so essentially the goal of the game is to figure out who each of these 60 people are, how they died, and if it's relevant, who killed them. And once you've connected that whole web together, then you've figured it out. Um, and the way that that kind of manifests... Uh, is like the opening thing that you solve is you see the, the very end of the story, actually. That's like the first part that plays out. Um, and it's all very clearly outlined in the book what the chronology of all this is. <laughs> Whoa. Uh, Sorry, it's the cat no, it's okay. uh, <laughs> So you'll, you'll see, and you can kind of see this in the video a little bit, but you'll, you'll find a corpse and it'll be someone who was shot by the captain of the ship. And you know that this person is the captain of the ship because in the audio... You can hear them, the person that got killed, banging on the door saying, Captain, Captain, come out. And then you hear a voice respond, and then you hear a gunshot, and then you see this freeze frame of this person's death. So then you can go, okay, well, I know that the person that killed them is the captain. So I look in the list of crew, I find the captain, and I mark that he is that guy. And then you have a face to the name. And I know that the person who died was shot by a gun. So in his entry, I list that he was shot by a gun. But I don't know who the person that died is. So it's that kind of a thing where, you know, there's probably 
30 or 40 of these little vignette scenes of, well, I guess there's not actually 60 because there's some question about like how many of those people end up dying and if anyone lives, you know, I don't even know the answer to that. So that's not even a spoiler. But um, you, there's all these scenes where these are, there are these people dying and then the, the journal kind of gives you a look at who else was there. Do you know those people? And you can sort of click around the journal to link to different characters to, to sort of try to bookmark them and figure out the identity of these people, how they died and who killed them. And it's just like one, the story goes some fucking places. Um, there's a whole range of different things that happens. It's so fun and rewarding to finally get it to click. You go like, Oh, well, so I know that this person, this person in the audio from this clip referred to the, this other person as, a steward and if he's calling him a steward that must mean he's the first mate steward because i know the person talking is the first mate so if that's the first mate steward and he said that someone killed that this other guy killed his brother then i know that the other guy is is this person because i can look at the ledger and see their last names so it's a lot of that kind of like deductive like i'm putting the pieces together and figuring out from pretty minor clues in a lot of cases who these different people are and how they relate. Um, but it does a really good job of slowly ramping it up, but uh, like ramping up the difficulty so that you get some kind of easy to figure out ones to sort of understand the way the logic works early on. And then it gives you some very difficult, like this is a midshipman that was killed and I don't really have any way to figure out who he is without doing a lot of digging on sort of the peripheral of these scenes. Um, and it's really cool. I just, I think it's awesome and totally worth checking out for anyone who is remotely interested in mystery or adventure. It feels like you're playing through a really, really good mystery novel, um, which is just so cool. Awesome. How much is that? It's a twenty dollar game. Uh, I think it's probably about fifteen hours, is what I've heard, to actually get through the whole thing. Um, okay. After about four hours, I've seen every vignette that you can get to. There's one chapter that's locked until you finish it, basically. But I have seen all of the others, so it's about four hours of like, of of seeing to see everything. But then you spend another eight to ten trying to piece together all these parts. Um, but it doesn't feel tedious. It feels very much like they give you just enough clues to get the next person right. And it does tell you along the way, every time you guess three people correctly, it locks them in and confirms them as you're correct. So mm. it's not like you're trying to guess all 60. It's not like a Sudoku <coughs> puzzle where you're trying to guess all 60 and then the, the 51st one is wrong. So your whole puzzle starts from scratch again. It doesn't work like that. It's every three of them that you guess right, it tells you. Oh, that's good. Mm-hmm. What are the chances that once you discover all this, who all the 60 people are, that the game becomes about you denying insurance claims? <laughs> it's very possible. I don't know. Uh, I've heard that at the end of the game, it, this is something that Lucas Pope was saying pretty open, excuse me, openly, so I don't think it's a, it's a spoiler to say. At the end of the game, you do deliver a claims report that's like, here's my findings as an insurance adjuster. <laughs> so start start denying claims that's but, that's in that i would expect nothing less from the creator of papers please i would also say that if there's anyone listening who is a fan of uh the band the decemberists this game is basically the decemberists the video game 
I have never played a game that is more in tune with the aesthetic that that band presents than this game. Uh, it's it, it's very very cool. It sounds interesting. Once I am no longer drowning and studying and despair, uh, <laughs> I will maybe get to that. Yeah. I will say that it is, I will content warning it a little bit because there is suicide in it. There is people getting squished. There is people uh, violently killing each other in a lot of different ways. I haven't seen any instances of like um, sexual assault or anything like that. So I don't think that that's necessarily a factor, but there is a lot of gore and violence, but it's delivered in that art style. So it's a little, it's pretty easy to stomach largely. And none of the people feel like they're particularly great people. So you don't necessarily feel super bad for them. And you know that they all died coming in so <laughs> cool uh, uh sam do you, would you like do you have anything you'd like to share so um actually i remembered i know i said that i hadn't played any games this week but um i got a new phone which i'm holding up here no one can see it um but because i got a new phone i had to finish donut county before I got rid of my old one. So I marathoned the last like two, three levels of Donut County. And uh, that's like a really, really fun game with a story that I think tries way too hard. Um, I'm sure that there'll be some discussions in our game of the year this year. About there's Donut nothing County. to discuss. There, there, the discussion is Donut County is the seventh best game of the year. Done. We don't have to talk about it anymore. The is really, really good, and it needs to be in the top ten, but probably not near the top. Yes. Yes. A, a solid seventh. I don't know what games will fall before and after Donut County, but... Donut County seems like a solid number ten. Anyway. Mm. <laughs> mm. Uh, mm. Something like that. Mm. Uh, mm. Oh, I just don't like... like I like how online... The characters are yes, <laughs> but like it feels like every interaction is like every dialogue sequence is three or four times longer than it needs to be. No, and, like no, the, it's no, they are perfectly the, length. The it, it's all the same joke, like they don't yes! expand on it. That's fine. That joke is funny. <laughs> yeah, it's it's okay. You're gonna send a uh, donut to Sam. Yeah, seriously. I got like, I got to a point where I was like, "What if I just continuously press the duck icon? Hopefully, these, these text conversations will stop." And they didn't, so I had to just stop. Ever, I never pressed the duck icon again. There's an achievement. I don't know how it works on iOS, but there's an achievement for pushing it 100 times. I must have done it more than that. Whilst talking to the trash king, I pressed it for a solid minute to see if anything would happen and he never responds so i will say that if i have any criticisms of that game it's that i actually don't think it ever should have become a video game i think near the end it starts it goes from like 80 percent of that game it's not a video game it's well it's a video i'm not making a stupid i'm not doing the dumb thing what i'm saying is it doesn't have a lot of mechanics um Video games or whatever you call video game. It doesn't have a lot of mechanics. So I like that about it. And then I, if I have any criticisms of it, it's that I don't like that in the last 20% of the game, it becomes, it actually like grows some mechanics. But that's a very minor criticism. I actually think that 
pretty much all of the writing and like story segments are perfect in the context of what it is. So I don't know. Yeah. I definitely I'm, agree. I thought it was genuinely funny and there are definitely times where I laughed multiple times in the game. So what I'm hearing is that Sam's a filthy capitalist. Sure. Somebody <laughs> donut County this year's Edith Finch. I it's knew it would well. be. Uh, I called that no, coming I, in. The, the gameplay is good in Donut County, so that's that's where it's different. There isn't um, any gameplay. You move a hole around. Yeah, there isn't any gameplay. In that. Anyway, there isn't any um, Edith Finch either. Let's uh, let's get real. Donut County is a South Park game with animal characters. Oh, it is way better than oh, South Park. No. Oh my god. It is so he much funnier than South Cartman. Park. No, he's not. Take that back. No. BK is a treasure. No. Oh my gosh. I don't have any like real criticisms of this other than no. Yeah. <laughs> You're arguing in bad faith. Take that back. Don't say that about my son BK. <laughs> <laughs> It's a it's a South Park game and BK is Carmen. Carmen is anyway. Carmen is an is an irredeemable piece of shit. BK is a lovely boy. He just made some mistakes along the way. Hey, he was he was BK used. is lovable and dumb, and you're just like oh oh BK. Let's just let's just be nice though. <sighs> also, uh, I've been saying I've been calling raccoons trash pandas since 2008. Okay, we don't have raccoons here. <laughs> How is that possible? Fossils. That's so weird. I did not know that about the UK. I think they need to be in warmer places. Oh no, trust me. No. They live in freezing oh. cold temperatures. I, I live in, I live in the Midwest and there's, a, there's yes. raccoons here. There are plenty <laughs> of raccoons in northern Michigan. If you have garbage, they will come. I've only ever seen like, um, like zoo raccoons. Never a like real raccoon. Like a There are raccoons raccoon. in the zoos there? The yeah. idea of seeing a raccoon in the zoo is so weird. It's, it's like, like seeing a squirrel in the zoo. Yeah. <laughs> or like an opossum. Although, to be fair, I did have a Japanese exchange student stay with me when I was in like middle school, and she was very excited to see the ra- uh, those squirrels. She was like, th- th- because they don't have them in Japan, apparently. But, Andre, you can comment oh. on this. They it, Like, in Japan, it's just like every animal that is in the U.S. just has a cuter version there. Uh, let's see. Uh, there's a red, a red panda. Like I don't red think pandas it, are not cuter native, versions of raccoons. It's, it's not native to Japan, right? Uh, that doesn't matter. Well, I mean, <laughs> I, I have not seen a raccoon in Japan. I don't think, not even in like in a zoo. They have red pandas. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, yeah, I mean, they've got. There's like a mascot version of it, probably. Hmm. You know, sure. you know, there's like a, you know, if there's not a cuter version, they make a cuter version. Fair enough. Uh, okay. Squirrels and all that stuff. Um, so yeah, I, mean, I played Donut County. We talked about that. I played more Dragon Quest Eleven. My opinion is still that it's a fantastic game and that it's a Disney JRPG. So if you want to, if you want to play something that's cute and harmless and fun. Uh, then play I Donut guess. County. <laughs> I wouldn't call Donut County harmless. Uh, Only people at harms is the trash king. Only people at harms are the capitalists. What if... Um, well, I mean, yeah, you pay money for Donut County, so isn't that the true capitalism? <laughs> you make a very good a very good and salient point, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Uh, yeah, so like, I, I have not, I don't have too much to talk about when it comes to games. I did finish all of Daredevil season three the day it was released yesterday, and then I will say that that's a very good season of television. And it was just cancelled. Uh, I would be shocked if it is not cancelled because they leave it in a very good place for it to just be done. Um, and Luke Cage did not leave it in a good place for it to just be done. It left it on a huge cliffhanger, and so did Iron Fist, and both of them got cancelled. So, yeah, it feels like they. It, it, it feels like with Daredevil that they knew they either they're setting up to do like a you know, like a new a, a new season with a, a, a very familiar starting point. Or they are saying, look, everything's great again. Everyone's happy. Let's end. It seems like they're uh, setting all of these. They, the smart move on their part is to set these shows up to be canceled by Netflix or to not renew them themselves and then just remake them or start them again on Disney streaming service. Um, I don't think like I love Daredevil. I will see more like if Marvel and Netflix make more Daredevil, I will be super happy and I'll watch every season that they put out. Um, but I don't think I'm interested in Daredevil made by anyone else. Well, anywhere else, not well. But, I'm not interested in Daredevil without this cast. But is 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 that Netflix or is that the production studio that's making Daredevil? Because I know for. So, a, I don't know who I guess casts Netflix it and puts, runs it. The puts a lot of the money in. Right, sure. So if it went, a, a lot of people are saying that Disney's new streaming service won't have adult content, and Daredevil is extremely, extremely adult. Um, like in season all three seasons, there is a fake single take fight scene, which is an homage to Old Boy, and in multiple. In every single one of those, there's a lot of gore and a lot of, like, bones breaking. Uh, Daredevil also totally is hyped to the torture works and is a viable option methodology, which isn't super fun. Yeah, that's a little um, weird. Yeah, like, watch Daredevil in every single... Constantly, Matt Murdock is like, well, I'll just hang people off of roofs and, like tie people to stuff and hit them and ask them questions. I have uh, less of a problem with the hanging off of a roof. I feel like that's Michael Keaton territory and that's okay, but I don't know about beating people up to get answers from them. That seems a little uh, not 2018 friendly in my opinion. That's like every yeah. Batman game. Is, it's like, oh, find the green guy, beat him up and then do the thing. And yeah, but Andre, those thing. are criminals. Where are the other riddles going? <laughs> Tell me where the 24 riddle trophies in this level are. <laughs> I would say that maybe uh, perhaps that the Arkham games have some problems of their own, but we don't have to talk about that here. Um, yeah, Daredevil, like, I think that they specifically do that a lot in Daredevil to show you that Matt has problems, like that he has very serious anger and rage issues. Yeah. That he has no other... That his first port of call is like, beat the shit into people. And there's a very explicit point in Daredevil Season 3 where everyone's like, Matt, stop beating people up. You, you're a piece of shit. And he's like, but it works every time. <laughs> and then he tries to do it the, the the good way, fails, and they're just they're like, well, I guess I'm going to go beat some people up. Oh, God. That's, uh, that's brutal. 
uh, yeah, so it doesn't like, yeah, I think that they spend a lot more time this season. Like season two is all about like how fucked Matt is and like how he's never dealt with being blind, losing his dad, being abandoned by his mother, like all of these horrible things that have happened to him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, does anyone care if I spoil Defenders here? Uh, I mean, yeah, I haven't I've seen it. Neither have I. Okay, okay I, will, I, I will not spoil it. The The end of Defenders plays massively into Daredevil Season 3. I guess... So, so something I, happens. I guess that's how I feel. Like, I don't know that I buy that the Disney streaming service... Maybe the Disney streaming service, as they are planning on launching it, will not have adult content on it. But I feel like yep. whether they call it you know, this is the Marvel service and you have access to this along with your Disney streaming subscription or something. Like, I feel like they're going to have an avenue for you to access that kind well, the, of stuff. That avenue is Hulu because they own 75% of Hulu. Yeah, maybe it's Hulu so, Originals. I don't know. But I don't yeah, think I that, think that, that, that these shows are, are going to go away. I mean, that's what people are saying is that Hulu is where Marvel adult content is going to move. Um, yeah, that's what I've heard too. But I don't know why Disney slash Netflix would cancel Iron Fist and Luke Cage if they were planning on continuing with those actors on another service without having an announcement about that, if that makes because, sense. Because it's petty business stuff. Yes, I like, think that's yeah, totally it, why. It felt very much like petty Netflix going, oh, well, you're taking this away from you. Well, We'll cancel this and have people be mad. It well, seems the thing like is mm, sorry. That Marvel had said that Netflix could keep all four, all five shows, six shows, and make more of them as many more of them as they wanted yeah. until the license ran out. And Netflix or Disney keep profiting off of that. Yep. Uh, they're just like, no, if you're gonna, if you're gonna do, if you're gonna compete with us, we're not gonna make you money. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I don't really know. Apparently, Luke Cage fell apart because the showrunners of Luke Cage were like, we want to make a 10-episode season. We don't want to do 13. We think 10 is perfect. And Netflix were like, we paid for 13. And um, basically, nobody could make the decision. And so they were like, it's easier to cancel the show than to go through more and more stages of rewrites. Like... uh, Luke Cage Silly. season three was like not officially announced as returning, but it like the writers were picking up salaries. They had a full outline for season three. The showrunner had like started casting characters. Uh, it's it was like massively further into uh, production than any show that was being cancelled would ever get. Probably millions of dollars were spent on Luke Cage season three. It's very interesting that this news all came right after it was. It came out that Netflix shares were up. Yeah, and then, like, okay, cool, and now we can just jettison this stuff. Apparently, the Marvel Netflix stuff, because they pay a hefty fee to Disney, which they don't pay with any of their other Netflix originals, yeah. uh, it costs them a lot more to make, and so they have higher expectations for the numbers. I think that we'll, I think honestly that we will get a Daredevil season three cancellation. Um, I think we'll get that. I don't think we'll see another season of Daredevil. I'm totally fine with where they end it, 
I would love another season. And I think that the cast that they have there, like Foggy, um, Matt Murdock, and uh, Karen Page, like specifically Karen and Foggy, like I love uh, Charlie Cox's Daredevil. I think he's fantastic. And I think that he has nailed being blind better than basically any actor I've ever seen. Um, to the point that I specifically have rewatched Daredevil season one and two a couple of times, and he never looks anyone in the eye. Like even in the most emotional scenes, he like looks often to the right and things like that. Like it's he does such a good job of like playing a blind person, and the writing is really good for that as well. Um, like I mentioned to you guys, I was talking as like, ah. Oh, one of my favorite scenes in season two is when someone talks about how the Daredevil costume is red and Matt's like, Oh, I didn't know. Right. Like he has no idea what color the costume is. Like I, he can do all that shit. He can't see. I think if it was up to me, I would try to work in a way that I can get those actors. If I'm Disney, bring those yes. actors over to new shows that maybe it's not called Daredevil. Maybe it's a, another show that is, that includes daredevil and another character or something like ways to keep those specific iterations of those heroes alive. Um, If you were to hire those heroes. Yeah. Uh, I have a Luke Cage hero for hire essential graphic novel, which is the first like 30 issues of Luke Cage from the seventies. And one of the most amazing uh, storylines is where Luke Cage is hired by Dr. Doom to beat up the Fantastic Four. And he, like, takes the job, and then he's, like... uh, He, like, fights all the Fantastic Four, beats them because he's Luke Cage, and then, like, Doctor Doom's like, ha, I'm going back to Lavaria, I'm not paying you. And so Cage, like, hitchhikes on a plane by sneaking into the luggage, goes to Lavaria, beats, like, beats up Doombots all the way to Doctor Doom's palace, and goes... Hey, bro, you owe me $200. It's all over $200. That's and funny. Just like, that's yeah, like that's money. That's a lot of money. It's still great, though. It's like, hey, man, where's my $200? And Dr. Doom literally just goes, yeah, all right. And just hands in the $200, and he, like, leaves. Doesn't find Dr. Doom. That's There's nothing. That's good. It's a great story. It's very modern for the 70s. Um, but yeah, so yeah, if I was them, I would put together a 20 episode series that comes out every year and is just all five, six exactly. small Netflix characters. Yeah. And maybe yeah. this season is a Daredevil season where Daredevil's got a, got a six episode arc plot, yeah. or the main plot, whatever. Yeah. I, I think that makes a lot of sense because to, for someone like me, and I'm, I say this having not watched any of the Marvel Netflix stuff and I know that I need to, um, but to me, like just watch Daredevil. The best parts of the just Marvel. Just for John season one too. Oh, I I plan. Oh, just for season one is um, better actually. Yeah. I I I plan to where I the things that I like most about the Marvel universe are um, the street level heroes, and I like, and then specifically when those street level heroes get in situations that are a little bit too big for them, which is why the, my favorite part of. Uh, the most recent Avengers is the stuff with Spider-Man because I think that it's so fun to watch this character that is maybe not really equipped to fight an intergalactic monster um, to like watch him rub shoulders with people that are fighting those those monsters. So I think that's really cool and I hope that they 
continue to gain more and more control over those characters so that they have the option to of maybe even having characters like that have cameos, whether it's film characters having cameos in the shows or vice versa. Uh, I would like to see that a lot as the MCU kind of matures. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'd like to see just more. I just want to see more everything. I, I'm semi, I like, I'm pleased that Daredevil got the treatment it has in the in the Netflix show because like seasons one and three of Daredevil are very much superhero adaptations of The Wire. And mm-hmm. um, season two uh, tries something it doesn't necessarily pay out, but three is very much back to the original format and it works extremely well for that show. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone is having a very good time. The villains in season three are incredible. Uh, very much the same as like season two of uh, Luke Cage and Iron Fist. Both had fantastic villains um, and villains that very much work with the major characters um, in terms of like, yeah, just extremely good. Uh, Iron Fist season two in particular has a really good villain. Um, again, a shame that show has been cancelled. I do hope that we get a Hulu Heroes for Hire show. Uh, I think uh, taking Luke and Danny over to Disney, maybe having a few episodes to work off their cliffhangers and then just making Heroes for Hire would be amazing. But, yeah, we'll see. Um, Also, the DC Universe app exclusive TV show. Yeah, okay. We have to stop there. No, yep. (laughs) It's good. It shouldn't be good. We're we're not. Fuck Batman. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Fuck Batman. But Uh, he does say fuck Batman. Yep, okay. That's good. Uh, Yes, fuck Batman. Um, I have been playing some games. I have heard that the DC Universe app is is much better than it should be, but that Titans is still not a good show. (laughs) No, it is good. That's the worst part. Mm. It should be terrible, but it's actually pretty good. I'm sorry, listeners. I don't believe it. It's, we can stop right here. I'll leave it. I'll leave it. Uh, but yeah, uh, so I've been playing some games, uh, not watching Netflix, because who has the time, really? Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. So apparently Sam has the time, uh, but he doesn't play games. You know, what, what's he doing? Life's about choices. Uh, and what have you chosen to play in your spare time? Uh, I have played the hot new release, uh Dragon Grandpa 2. Dragon Grandpa 2. Dragon Grandpa 2. Uh, I finished uh, Dragon Grandpa 2. Uh, that game, it, it goes some fucking places, man. Uh, I was correct. I, I think last time I said, I think I, I the main character does not know what their ultimate ability is. And I said, I think I know what it is. I was correct. I didn't know what it was. I did not, I did not know how it would get there. Uh, that game's fucking wild. It's like so convoluted and up its own ass in like its <laughs> lore and like like the catalyst for everything that happened is like the worst, most terrible event in human history or something. That's what it's called and referred to as, uh, which is like you know, it's not spoilers, but it's like riots and stuff that have like taken over the entire planet. Uh, and then, like, in the first game, you don't get, like, you just hear about it, but you don't, like, get the details of it. 
And in the second game, you start to get details of what actually happened and like who caused it, how, and all that stuff. The like last chapter of that game is just like a big info dump and really fucking wild. Uh, so if you like really convoluted stories and like weird anime bullshit, I do. Those you should, and like you can stand like a thirty to forty hour visual novel. And I don't think I can. That's, that's <laughs> I don't know fair. about that. That's fair. Uh, but uh, if you feel like you can't stand that stuff, uh, I would say there is a lot of like references to like sexual violence mm-hmm. uh, in those games, and like in a weird tone, like in a aha isn't this like this thing this person did to me or like said to me funny and like strange and it's like yeah no that's like sexual abuse uh so like they're really just kind of like off the cuff and like oh wacky stuff and like i appreciate that it has a wacky tone but like i feel like it could uh serve to be more serious at times i think that's the main thing that's kept me from actually being wanting to play those games is like the concept is really interesting to me, but the tone of Monokuma specifically is super distasteful to me. Uh, uh, I mean, that's kind of the point. Yeah, I I know With the character, but, but yeah, yeah, I, I can I can totally see how that is. Uh, there, yeah, there's like a, one of the things Monokuma says is like, "I'm going to roll a dice, and whatever number comes up, I'm going to give you that many sex change operations." That's so weird and what? fucked up. What? Yeah. Uh, and like, so this game came out in 2012, and also it's a Japanese made game. So, like, culture very different back in 2012 and in Japan in regards to like sexual abuse. And, yeah. Like, it's also just and that, that kind of stuff. <laughs> and like, that's also like the localizers and, you know, yeah. and the way they're choosing to uh, portray that stuff. So, like, yeah, there, there's like a lot of things that go into that. And, if you don't want to deal with any of that stuff, that's I totally get that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I plan to play Danganronpa three uh, coming up. It's on sale right now, so I have to buy that because uh, it, it hasn't gone on sale really. It seems like because I've been looking at least recently. Uh, but I wonder how much of that is still present and still like the way the series handles that stuff, mm-hmm. or if mm-hmm. it's been changed like and been more tactful. Yeah. Yeah, it's a weird. That's to, the, the that series has a weird mystique to yeah. it. I guess I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I've been vaguely considering trying to pick it up, especially since um, the news that the person behind behind Rumpa and uh, Zero Escape are doing their own thing now, and I'm like, maybe I should play Danganronpa, but I've just never quite. They're just making Danganronpa. <laughs> I mean, true, but like, I still want to play it because I love yeah, yeah, yeah. Zero no. so much. But um, yeah, it's yeah, it's definitely you got that Vita, right? So that I do. I, I don't know if V three is on Vita, but it is. Yeah, V three on. Okay, so but it's so it's been six years since two came out, and so three came out this year. So yeah, I'm very curious to see. Uh, where that goes uh and yeah because alex said a lot of really positive things about it so uh and i I think i touched on it last week but just again when i played the first one i was like annoyed that 
like my choices or like I couldn't have any impact on what the story was. It was just the story just played out. And I didn't like know that going in. I didn't really know what to expect. And so knowing that going into the second one, it was just much more enjoyable. I was like, okay, sure. well, I'm just going to see whatever happens. And I'm just I'm here to enjoy the story, not create and like make my own story. Uh, but yeah, that, that game goes some places. Uh, so I, I'm really curious to see what the third one is. Uh, and speaking of second games in a series, uh, I played episode one of Life is Strange 2. Mm. which uh, that game starts off swinging for the fences. I, I don't think it, I don't think it makes it to the fences or beyond, but I think it, it starts out really going for it. Uh, you, so it is not a direct tie in to life is strange one. It is its own story. There is a brief, throwaway reference to the first game that I don't even know why it's there other than go hey remember the first game uh so yeah I don't, I don't know why they even bothered to put that in but uh it's it's a game about America today it takes place in 2016 I think it's like October of 2016 I think because like if you look through your the main character's phone uh there are like references to like the debates mm. for like the presidential debates and like how they're just like what the fuck is happening uh and you're playing a high schooler uh with your younger brother who is like nine I want to say nine eleven somewhere in there and uh events transpire uh, while you are home one day and which force you to have to leave your home uh basically run away and start walking for you don't know where you're just trying to get away as far away from seattle as they can which leads them into the wilds of washington which hey if you're a mexican like teenager kid probably not a great place to be alone uh that game has it's it's got a lot to say i don't know if it's totally successful in saying everything it's trying to say yet it's hard to you know hard to say just one episode in uh but i'm i'm curious to see how it go how it continues but i was a little disappointed in the way they implemented the like the choice where they ask you oh did you save the town or destroy the town in life is strange one because it really doesn't matter uh might matter later uh, i don't think so i mean it might but based on what happens in the first episode i i don't think it will i think it's really just it's like a set dressing thing basically mm. uh there is so you get some glimpses of like the supernatural stuff going on in the first episode but not it doesn't like manifest mechanically like mm -hmm. in the first episode of life is strange one you get those powers pretty quick mm -hmm. now like you're still trying to figure out how to use them and stuff and it's like you know you don't use them all the time but you are pretty often in that first episode but mm -hmm. you are not using powers basically at all uh but 
the so it seems like the second episode is going to tie into the awesome adventures of Captain Spirit stuff. I would assume by episode two you're probably moving into Oregon, so that would make some sense. You you end in Oregon, yeah. yes, in at the end of the first episode. Uh, so and it changes to winter at the mm-hmm. end. So, uh, you were not very near the place where it where Captain Spirit takes place. It's a video game. But I mean, they they put no, in like the geography. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. make references to like the cities and stuff. So I mean, you know, they're on like a weird hitchhiking road trip. So they're going to end up where they end up, you know, however they can. But it's a weird choice. Uh, I, for I, you know, they could have they could have done it in like they could have done it anywhere. And the the way they have chosen to like place the characters and stuff seems just odd. Because if I remember correctly, Captain Spirit takes place like outside Portland, which is pretty far north in Oregon, and you don't end like you end in the northern part of Oregon, but not super far north, as far as I can tell. So it's kind of like backtracking a little bit. Interesting. Mm. But yeah, I, I, that's me being from Oregon, going like, "Hey, wait a minute." Yeah, I mean, being living in Seattle, I'm very interested to see how they handle a lot of regional politics, um, mm-hmm. because it's there are a lot of regional politics in Western Washington that I think a lot of people yeah. just assume it's a liberal utopia from other parts of the country, whereas there's actually a lot of stuff going on here, even in mm-hmm. 2018. So um, I'm excited to see how that is handled and portrayed because i've heard it is done in a responsible good way uh so my biggest criticism is it just i think it moves too fast like the i mean you know they're in these small bite-sized episodes but i would have liked to have seen like another hour on this episode just kind of setting things up uh like at to because i feel like the opening might have hit a bit harder if they had more time sure setting it up uh maybe i wonder how much nice to see they kind of made it clear in the marketing that the story is you're these two brothers on the run so or whatever on the run however you want to characterize it but so obviously you know something tragic happens to the family and i almost wonder i'm very prepared for that tragic thing to happen going in and i wonder if maybe they would have been better served to have not been as clear as to what the the journey is sort of to make that more surprising uh yeah i didn't pay a ton of attention to the marketing uh and i you know i wasn't thinking a ton about the game so i just kind of was playing it and i was like oh oh yeah wow that's that's a way to open your game yeah uh yeah i i think it just would have like I think there would have been more emotional impact for me if they had spent more time actually setting up the characters sure. and because like there are a lot of characters that I'd, I'd love to get to know and, you know, spend some time with. And then it have, if they were taken away, be like, Oh shit, I really liked like spending time with this person. And they give you a little bit of that, but not enough to like really, cause, I mean, you're the start of the game. You're in like an established life, but you don't really get time to like, experience that established life makes sense yeah so yeah it's, it, it, it does seem like they needed a little more more setup to really pull me in part of why season one works so well is because you're taking control of a character that is establishing their new life yeah 
So yeah. you're kind of joining the setting alongside them. So it's very much like everyone you're meeting, they're meeting for the first time too. Yeah. And like same with like Telltale Walking Dead. Uh stuff like season one at least i played season two too, and you know so that's you're going through and you're in this new situation and meeting new people yeah. uh but it'll i'm it seems like you're not going to be spending like a lot of time with the same characters throughout this season maybe like as it gets further in maybe you will be but like the first episode i don't expect to see any of those characters again i don't expect to see most of the characters from like episode two, if it is like a tie to Captain Spirit, I don't expect to be spending like an obscene amount of time with those characters. I mean, so I, I think it's hard with like a road trip story to develop characters that stick around and are like recurring. If the mission, like the main characters, if if this game serves a purpose of, I mean, I don't think this necessarily is what they're trying to do at its core, but like. If the game ends up being a story about these two characters that are marginalized going through the parts of the country that the rest of the world thinks are the liberal utopias in this country and seeing what they actually are, I don't. I think that's pretty valuable. I think that could be a really powerful story and a really cool yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, way to sort of. I don't know. I'm 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 interested to see how the story continues, and I do want to play it before sooner rather than later because I think it sounds very very interesting. Yeah, uh, I, I think you're totally right. I think there is value in that. It's just like, you know, spending the because the episodes are so short. And so they have to move through each event so quickly. So right. it, it feels like it's hard to like really get into. It's like maybe a surface level in a way. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it maybe by the time like episode five comes out, I'll feel better or feel different about the whole thing. But yeah, as long as it's trying to present a surface level that's somewhat accurate to the yeah, spaces yeah, they're it, working in, which it sounds like with the Seattle, the first episode they do. So it, yeah. yeah, it sounds it seems like they're doing like a good job in there, presenting a presenting a world that is more or less true to life. Uh, you know, at least based on like my worldview and what I have experienced mm -hmm. and seen and read and yada yada. So, yeah, I think they're like trying to tell a meaningful story. And I think it's a story that is worth telling. I just wish maybe there was a, more setup. They had a, yeah, more setup and like they could they could dive into it more and spend mm -hmm. more time with it. Yeah. And like, you know, maybe, you know, maybe it doesn't need to be. 30 hour thing you know maybe three to four hours per episode is fine but it's it's just frustrating when you're like ah but i wish we could have done more here and i'm yeah. sure the devs wish they could have spent more time on stuff too but yeah uh that's a game people should check out cool cool sounds cool uh is there any other things condiments uh non-dc tv shows people want to talk about um, I don't know. I played. If you're looking for spooky stuff to play, I finished that Conarium game I talked about. Um, that mm -hmm. game's that game has a bad ending, I think, but it's a fun game to play through and see through. So I still recommend it. The ending notwithstanding, I also think that people, if they haven't, should play Alan Wake because that's a weird game. That game is so bad. The PC port is not good. Uh, we're playing it again on PC. It's been fine. On, in big picture mode mm -hmm. um, I think it had 
more problems than I actually they actually worked on patching it a lot longer than you would think they did. <laughs> I think mm -hmm. on release it was definitely pretty broken on PC, but uh, it's a weird, interesting game. It holds up in some ways and also doesn't in others that I think is... I still don't think anyone has created a episodic game that feels as much like a big-budget TV show as that game, um, mm -hmm. which is a kind of cool presentation method. And I think that the story is still very interesting to kind of uncover. And the gameplay is not bad. The gameplay is... is is very very serviceable and not a chore i think hmm. cool, it's not cool. very scary in 2018 though i will say <laughs> uh did you finish little nightmares allison no i i don't know i'm considering trying to go back to it but i just got kind of i don't know burnt out from it i feel mm -hmm. like I, I got to the point where i was like I, yeah i get it <laughs> but we'll see sure uh, I'd recommend, I, I've said it before, but Until Dawn, one of my favorite horror games. Oh, Probably yes. Probably my favorite horror game. Probably, maybe there, one of the best horror games. Yes. Uh, it's it's nice because it just goes, regardless mm -hmm. of, like, what if you screw up, it still goes. There's no, like, oh, you gotta redo this part. Yep. So it doesn't uh, lose the, like, okay, I know what's going to happen, so it's less scary. Now I'm just gonna run through this part, because I know what's coming, or I know what I need to do. Uh... And then also, I thought I keep I have Alien Isolation installed. I've had it <laughs> installed since it came out, but uh, I've only played three hours of that game, and I need to go back to it sometime. Because, but apparently it's like twenty to thirty hours, and that's I don't have time for that. I played about twenty minutes of that game. Alien is my favorite film of all time, uh, and I started that game and then got very scared and stopped playing it. Yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's about horror games is you have to make things go. It doesn't go by itself. I'm much more equipped to play horror games now, though. I actually have played uh -huh. through m several since then, so I do plan to play it eventually because I think I can get through it. It's a fascinating game. Yes, it very much is. Uh, with like the alien uh, AI and stuff, like every time I read about that, I'm like, man, that's really cool. And it's actually it's an example of a licensed game that like actually tells an interesting story that is worth seeing if you're a fan of the IP because it's like yeah. a story that has not been told in any of the other fiction, but that actually stands up to some of the best of what that series offers from a from a story standpoint, from what I understand. So. Mm -hmm. Uh, and that's uh, oh, there's something else I was gonna say. I totally forgot. Oh, uh, also, people should uh, watch Mandy if you can handle some. Oh, I need to see that heavy oh, violence, yeah. it's oh, a very violent know. movie. I was going to say, uh, the only alien films I have seen are Alien and Prometheus. Uh, <laughs> frankly, uh, those are two of the best. Wow, that is a hot take. I like Prometheus way more than most people do, but also Alien is as as good as that series gets. It never reaches the... Uh, okay, so you're an Alien, not Aliens guy. Okay. I think Aliens is actually kind of overrated. Uh, I, I tried to watch Aliens, and I fell asleep before any action happened. I like Lance Hendrickson a lot, a lot, a lot, uh, and I like the movie Aliens, but I would not put Aliens... I would say Alien is my favorite movie ever, and I would not put Aliens in my top ten. Put it that way. Okay. 
It's a good, good fucking movie. Anyway, uh, <laughs> no one else has anything they'd like to share. You doing anything spooky, Sam? No, uh, I don't like horror. Going to a wedding on so Halloween. Oh, okay. Up, oh, mechanical, is there going to be a mechanical bull at that wedding? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that would be a fun wedding activity. I'm, I'm, really, I'm really upset that we didn't think of this before Sam's wedding, so we could have rented a mechanical bull. Remotely? <laughs> and sent it to Sam's wedding? How does if, that work? Yeah, no, I don't know. Uh, yeah, just uh, that could be. That, well, we that were going to buy. We thought about mm-hmm. buying you a copy of What Remains of Edith Finch, like a collector's edition, physical copy. And oh, as a wedding as a gift. Wedding we pepper. did think about that. We never did it. Damn it. That's uh, how we didn't. We should have done that. I forgot we had that thought. Yeah, None of you uh, have my address. Suck it. Well, yeah, no, I, yeah, we were considering, like, okay, how are we going to do this without it being weird? I think, didn't, <laughs> didn't, well, I don't know. This Someone not, had your, a way to send it to you digitally somehow, like Eric or, I don't know. So we yeah. were then yeah, going to buy it digitally. Yeah. I think yeah. the idea morphed into we'll buy it on Humble and like tip, give the tip to charity or something and then send it to you. I don't remember. Something. That yeah, for, 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 and donate in your name to charity and give you what remains of Edith Finch in return. Yeah. <laughs> Good. But, yeah. uh, it's going to be to the Mechanical Bull Riders for Needy Europeans Fund. Mechanical mm-hmm. Bulls nice. for Needy Europeans, yeah. Uh, anyway, that is going to do it for episode 42 of Gaming Fix on this Saturday or Sunday, October 20th. Uh, this, this has been a long one. Mm-hmm. Uh, we really went off the rails there. Uh, it's under two hours. Yeah, okay, let's, oh, we're yeah, right on time. Either. This is a spicy brown podcast, if yeah. I ever hour and forty five minutes. That's a good. That's good spicy, spicy brown. Uh, yes. So yeah, you uh, please like and subscribe on your podcast app of choice. Uh, leave us a review on iTunes. I don't. You can't review on Google. What the hell, Google? Uh, but uh, like us on Facebook, Gaming Fix, and uh, that will do it for us. Allison, where can people find you? People can find me on Twitter at W-R-I-T-E-R-S-E-R-E-N-Y-T-Y or they can, uh, I haven't been on Twitch in a while, but I will probably be streaming more on Twitch uh, at Happy Beeps here. Happy Beesphere. Uh, <laughs> people are, you're going to keep saying it wrong and nobody's going to find you on Twitch. Happy but. Beep Sphere, a.k.a. BB-8. Yeah, actually that's uh, not Inaccurate. Right. Wait, oh, okay. Wait, I yeah, assume okay. that that's what it was. That's what the no, name that's is referencing. What, it's 100% a it's reference referencing to that. BB-8. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. thought I thought you were going to say that's that's inaccurate. God, Andre, like, oh. aren't you even friends with Allison? You don't know. No, <laughs> no, no. That's no. That's why I was. I thought when she said that's, I thought she would be like that's inaccurate. She's like, I didn't even think of that. So, <laughs> I'm kidding. Yeah, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm sharing it for the others, for the listeners who might not know Allison very well. Uh, so yeah, Allison loves BB-8. Allison, like all good people, loves BB-8. <laughs> true, true. I, I stand by that. Thumbs up with the lighter or whatever. Uh, Pat, yeah. Where can people find you? Me? Yeah. Where, oh, <laughs> you. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, okay, so you can find me on Twitter at JesterPC. Uh, I'll be uh, sliding into Jim Harbaugh's DMs and all up in Mark D'Antonio's mentions for the next week. I don't. 
They're football Some coaches. It's it's okay. a football thing. Don't worry about okay. it. Okay. Um, that joke was read, funny to someone somewhere. You should read that story I posted in our chat about uh, Phil Knight and the University of Oregon. It's all about like the football program. I know a lot about that. that story already, but I will read it to see it's, what their angle it's, is. <laughs> it's it's there's a book coming out, and that's yep. like I think it's like an excerpt from the book. It's real. It's real something, and just yep. like more so about college in general like college academics and sports in general yep uh yeah it's that's something uh and sam where can people find you and all your opinions about things dc and marvel um yeah i think the best place to find me is instagram that's where i spend the majority of my time uh you can see my sumo deadlift pr which i've recorded and put up on there very happy about that 110 kilograms that doesn't mean anything to you imperials how many, how many stone is that uh i don't know how many stone are in a kilogram nobody uh, nobody knows because stone are also imperial it's like how many horses does it weigh or something like that yeah it's like how many horsepower is that yeah how many hands how many hands can you lift uh, so it's 17.3 stone is 110 kilograms. He looked it up. We gave him too much time to look it up. Yeah, sorry. The, at my heaviest weight, I was six, just under 16 stone. So that's more than the heaviest I've ever been. So that's a good time. Um, yeah, so just follow me on Instagram. Uh, my Instagram's at SGCH. So am I on every other channel that you can look for? But Instagram's the one I actually update. My cats have an Instagram too. It's pretty good. I realized a week and a half ago I wasn't following Sam on Twitter. I saw you follow me and was like, piece of shit. Yep. That's an appropriate reaction. <laughs> I uh, thought I was, if it makes you feel any better. Yeah, I also thought uh, I also thought you were. Um, I feel like I'm not uh, PlayStation friends with either Ar- uh, Erica or Allison, but I don't, I I don't know if I am. Yeah. Mm. That's weird. Uh, I don't yeah. add anyone on anything. I feel like people should have to opt into my bullshit. Because you're all you all play so many multiplayer games. I guess it was, uh, Sam plays I Destiny. 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 Uh, excuse me, I've played a lot of Black Ops Four this week, so no, I, I don't want to hear it. I meant specifically I Sam, oh, Erica, okay. and Allison. Yeah, I don't play multiplayer games very often. Although I did mm. just install Overwatch on my PC, so yeah, we should Ooh. play Overwatch. Yeah. Everyone in gaming fiction install Overwatch on their PC and play Overwatch. Or uh, one of us plays buys Jackbox Five and we all stream it together. We that should do that too. actually. We should for real. also That'd do be really that. Fun. I almost uh, said let's do it tonight, but then it's like almost one a.m. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Speaking of speaking of uh, being one a.m. Yeah. Let's end this podcast. You can find me at on Twitter at coolslaw c o o l s l four w. Yeah, maybe we'll have a guest in the near future. Uh, so yeah, maybe look forward to that. I'm just trying to figure out a good time for them to come on. Uh, so you know, a little teaser of what's to come on Gaming Fix. Uh, have a good life, everybody. Yeah, <laughs> yes. if we don't hear from you, you know, we love you. So long. Sounds good. Bye. Bye. Bye.